All right, welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast brought to you by Twisted T and my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who's already cracking open his beer. What's up, you old Tennessee Homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? I apologize. I'm already about three of these in. <laughs> well, we got a great show lined up, buddy. We got we got the mailbag. That, mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite weekly traditions, mixing it up, getting to the mailbag. Yeah. Game of the week interview. Little curveball, trying to show love to different teams, Arkansas, A&M. I think this is pivotal, pivotal, that's not a word, pivotal, yeah. <laughs> piv- pivotal, there you go, for the third time's a charm, for Arkansas and A&M, whoever loses this game, it's, I don't want to say elimination, because A&M still got some tough games ahead of Separation, them. Separation, though, maybe? Separation, <laughs> you know, Arkansas can't afford another loss, Yeah. A&M with now Connor Wigman, we'll talk about him out. Big, big matchup. So we reached out to Ty Richardson. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, he's bright and sunny on this uh, Wednesday <laughs> afternoon. Over at ESPN, Arkansas hit that line. And David Nuno from Texas yeah. to talk about it. I'm, I'm fired up, buddy. How are you? Dude, I'm fired up, pumped up. I've been, I mean, I, I can't I can't stay off Twitter. I can't, you know. I'm like the opposite of Sam, you know. <laughs> I just I'm glued to it. All all the positivity, all the negativity. I'm just consuming it because the yep. fan bases are coming alive, man. You know, I feel like that. You, you're talking about the Arkansas and Texas A&M. You, you got some. You're about to see one. One of the battered Arkansas syndromes going on <laughs> up there with Ty, and then you know you got a little bit of confidence coming out of Texas A&M, and and that's what's so good about these games. And it's not just that fan base it's kentucky and florida it's definitely tennessee and south carolina it's like as soon as one goes says something you got 14 of the other fan base bringing it back down so uh this is why we love college football because it is an emotional roller coaster there's but it sometimes we go through the lows but when we get to celebrate the highs makes it all worth it yeah well speaking of lows we got to hit on this real quick uh and for anybody that missed it, check it out. Let's see. Bing. It'll be up there. But uh, emergency podcast I did, Connor Wigman yeah. out for the season. Yeah. Max Johnson's QB1 now in College Station. So I've kind of already covered that, but we haven't heard your thoughts on it because of Shane. So uh, what's your thoughts and any questions from you? Well, I mean, the, 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 big, the biggest thought is you got you got a starter. You know, in fact, he was the spark you needed to, to help – you know, win that game last week. So yeah. lucky count, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that it's lucky. I guess that's a terrible word or, but, but it's a blessing that you have another QB one waiting there. I mean, if you go back this, this win was in the off season, keeping him on campus, which he's been on record and we'll, we'll play probably the audio clip tomorrow. But Max came out and he says, you know, there was no doubt in my mind I was going to stay here. You know, and I think I think that is is the important part here is that what Jimbo was able to do in keeping because a lot of kids did leave, but you know Max didn't. So what does it look like moving forward? You know, I really hate it for Connor because this was his coming out year. Yeah, I mean he was on the right path, and 
something that that Dave talks about here in a little bit is you know he's going to be one of those guys at the end of the year popping up in those quarterback awards. You know, um, but again, I don't think we're going to have too much of a of, of a loss here, but. The room gets a little bit dicier because Texas A&M has got a long history of quarterback issues, and and after Max, you know, it, we may have a different type of emergency if he goes down. So, yeah, uh, I'm not trying to put that evil on this fan base, but let me ask you: I want to kind of pivot from that. Do you think that this is an advantage or disadvantage for Arkansas coming in this game now that Connor's out? Honestly, I don't think no, or it doesn't change at all. Doesn't change, okay? Because I think he was going to play anyway, and I think they've already seen him. They seen him last year in this game. They got tape on him, and, and the fact that he and Connor are not drastically different in their skill set. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, it'd be different if one was uh, Jaden Daniels, right? And, and Connor Wakeman. I mean, they're drastically different yeah. in their style. So, not a big. Thing, but uh, one other thing I just kind of thought of that it's kind of sad. Obviously, the injuries to Connor is the most sad, but A&M, they've been waiting a long time for a quarterback, and they finally got a legit big-time yeah. guy in Connor yeah. Wigman, and he got hurt. So uh, I, I feel terrible for those fans, but thankfully, thankfully they got Max Johnson. Spin zone, though. We were kind of coming into a little bit of a quarterback controversy, too. You know, that's right. something we talked about was if this injury isn't that bad, are we going to hear should, we should be starting Max over Connor? Mm. And, and and now you kind of took all that off the table. The The locker room is going to be all behind Max. There's not going to be anything split. So I, I think the silver lining here is, again, we've not had a serious – we don't have a quarterback competition. Yeah. Uh, one other thing, Shane, before we get to the mailbag. This is, this is wild, so – I don't know if it's legitimate, but it's, yeah. I, I even hate doing this during the season, this rumor mill and conference realignment, all this. But Gene Sapikoff, he's yeah. on fine bomb all the yeah. time. That's about the only thing I know about him. But he covers Clemson and South Carolina in the state of South Carolina, obviously. And he wrote an interesting column on Wednesday, Shane, saying it looks like Clemson's ACC departure may be sooner. And he says the Gamecocks are fretting. And according to this uh, article, it's paywalled for anybody that missed it, but basically to summarize it, he thinks Clemson will get an invitation to the Big Ten along yeah. with North Carolina, and that will likely, the hope is that that will spur the SEC to say, whoa, 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 why don't you come to the SEC, which they would much prefer, I would think, go to the yeah. SEC then go to the Big Ten. So so basically suggesting, you know, the SEC is not after them, but the SEC may add them to keep them from the Big Ten, which I think is a move you'd have to make if they're, if they're going to the Big Ten. But I also wonder, again, I'm not trying to call this guy out or anything, but I wonder how, you know, people float information so that yeah. it can get out there. So that this gets on the SEC's radar and say, hmm, they're going to Big Ten. How about that? That's like, what's his name? The the sports agent that keeps popping up ever so often. Oh, yeah, like, Jimmy Sexton? Yeah, Jimmy Sexton. Yeah, they're thinking he's taking offers. You know, yeah. Dion coming to the SEC. <laughs> and uh, next thing you know, he's got a big extension. I don't know, man. I, I mean, obviously, this is a topic that has been popping up before 
A&M and Mizzou came over here. Right. You know, Clemson, I don't know. I don't know if it's beneficial for – I think that's the thing. We've heard Sankey say, you know, we're not going to do anything that doesn't benefit the SEC. And so you're weighing it. We're not going to be bullied into bringing right. Clemson in here. And so I think you have to ask yourself, if the Big Ten takes those two programs – is that detrimental to the SEC? I don't think it is. I, 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 but what does it look like 20 years from now? I think that's the big one mm. is, you know, kids right now know the SEC. They know that this is a dominant, you know, conference. But 20 years from now, they're not going to know Clemson ACC. They're going to know Clemson Big Ten. And then all of a sudden you're looking like, did we make a mistake by letting these guys come in here to our footprint right. in South Carolina and North Carolina, which we get a lot of talent out of? So I don't know. It, it, but if you do that, they're going to go down here. They're going to grab Florida State, yeah, NC that's what State. I was gonna so say. it's like, so where does that end? Yeah. Miami wants in. Yeah, you know, uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech. They're know? they're they're going to expand, but I, I think the SEC is going to have to at some point, uh, you know, because. It's a down year. I mean, forget – I'm trying not to be negative about the conference right now, but right now we're not the talk anymore, you know. There's a, a lot of people are saying, hey, Ohio State's the team, you know. Texas, which is about to be ours anyway, is the team, you know. <laughs> Oregon's the team, you know, and they're they're outside the SEC. But, you know, I don't, I don't think that one down year we should panic and just bring all these random right. teams into our conference. I think – Let's let the dust settle. Let's get Texas in here. Let's get Oklahoma in here. Dude, after that, we're, we'll, we got more than enough. We don't need any of these other yeah. shit teams. South Carolina, <laughs> that's for you, baby. <laughs> All right. that's, that's my one good deed for you guys this week. <laughs> All right, you ready to uh, answer some mailbag questions? Hell yeah, man. Let's do it. All right, and then I did something different this week, Shane. Yeah. I posted not only on uh, Twitter, so I, we appreciate we, – we got some Twitter comments here, but I posted it also on YouTube, okay. Facebook, yeah. Instagram. So I'm reaching out to everybody to, to give everybody an opportunity. And uh, we're going to feature a couple YouTube comments here. This one's from The Barn Door. All right. On YouTube. What upcoming Week 5 win is more likely to justify postseason ambitions – a and M, Florida, or Tennessee. So he's basically saying which win could, you know, propel one of these teams to, to you know, a better postseason, better season essentially. A and M playing Arkansas, Florida playing at Kentucky, yeah. or Tennessee hosting South Carolina. Which win basically will will mean more to to of those three. That's a good one, Mike. Uh, or bar- barn door? The barn door. All right. I like that one. So, I, hmm. You know, you could argue all three of them. Yeah. Because they're all pivotal matchups. That, you know, they're all SEC opponents. And you talked about separation Saturday. Um, I think I'm going to just do it in order. You know, I think Tennessee losing – would be detrimental. Oh, wait, 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 that's part two of his question. Oh, so just part, just who, who benefits more? Yeah, yeah. Oh, benefits more. Well, then same. I'll just stick with Tennessee. Tennessee really? benefits. Mm. Yeah, winning at home over South Carolina, which has a lose a losing record against FBS teams. You're saying between Texas A&M, Tennessee, and Florida? Yeah, 
because I guess it's just how you feel about the games too. You know that, that I think the Florida Kentucky game is a deciding one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for second in the East could be arguably second in the East, but Tennessee completely goes off the map if they lose this one. You right. know what I'm saying? Because they are losing to what quote unquote an inferior opponent. Texas A and M win is big, but it's not huge. You know, Alabama, LSU, those right. are those are their games. You know, and nothing. I'm not knocking Arkansas or anything like that. But same thing with Florida; they dropped to Kentucky. It doesn't matter because they still got Georgia to play. You know, um, Tennessee drops t- two SEC opponents, then they're done, man. Mm. So that's kind of why I'm leaning more toward that one. Well, I'm going Florida. Yeah, I think it helps them the most because it's a road one. It's one they. This is another one Billy yeah. needs bad. He's he's only zero one, so that's that's not fair to put it all on him but this is one florida needs because they've yeah. not they've been losing to kentucky too yeah. often for their fan base so i think this continues the you know billy's question. billy's na- building something yeah players are buying in we're an underdog yet again another win as yeah. an underdog in conference play i think the buy-in the recruiting i think for florida they are the ones that benefit the most but the barn door also flipped it and said which loss is likely to spell disaster for the rest of the season. You went Tennessee. Not disaster. Uh, no, I would say the worst would be Texas A&M losing. Yeah, that's the, that's where I was I mean, going. Yeah, Ar- losing to Arkansas, and and I'm not saying Arkansas is less than or anything like that, but you know you're starting to pick up momentum. Now you got a quarterback injury, and now right. and, and then now it feels like 22 all over again. So. Uh, the loss that cannot be afforded this week is 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 the Aggies. Yeah. All right. Another YouTube question, Shane, from Adam Herndon. Once considered the number one draft prospect two years ago, do you think Spencer Rattler has played his way back into co- the conversation of possibly being a top five quarterback and possibly a first rounder in the upcoming draft? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Dude, I, I, I can't. Surely, at the end of the year, we're gonna we're gonna do our rankings again. I would love to see where you put the quarterbacks, because at this moment, now again, we're talking small sample size. We're talking four teams and trying to figure out if 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 Spencer's legit or not. I'm in. I'm in on the Spencer camp. And in fact, out of all the quarterbacks in the SEC, he'd be my leading one right now. And what I see from him is excelling with pieces missing around him. Like, I, you could point down to LSU and say, there's your best quarterback, but look who he's working with. Look who's blocking for him. You know, look who he can hand the ball off to. Mm-hmm. South Carolina doesn't have that luxury. Their defense isn't a, a top-shelf defense, you know, full of five-star talent that's going to make it in the NFL. They're just hustlers. They're, they're fighting. And but when Spencer's on that field, he's given those guys every opportunity to succeed. That's what you want at the next level, yeah. Because you can get the pieces in the NFL. You can go out and recruit for that or pay them for that, you know. Right. So yeah, right now I think he has he's definitely worked his way into a top five. I think based on his play, yeah, yes, absolutely. There's no question. Him coming back was to get better and make odds better and prove to the NFL that that he is a legitimate quarterback. So 
what people say behind the scenes, we don't know. Yeah. And I'm not going to give that any stock because it's just hearsay up to that point. So now nah, I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to pick a guy that's doing it on the field and he's doing it with less because when I give him more in the NFL, he's just going to succeed. So yeah, he is, he's worked his way. Now, again, we're not in October even, but yeah. at this moment, recording this show, he is by far the best quarterback in the league. How about Matt from YouTube? Do you still think it's possible for the SEC to get two teams into the playoff? And absolutely, I do. Yeah. I think people overreact. Hell, I do it more than anybody. But people are overreacting to the slow start. And here's the path, Shane. Georgia goes undefeated. Yeah. Gets knocked off by LSU in the SEC championship. They're both getting in it, in my opinion. Anybody. I, I think for Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, any of them win out mm-hmm. and beat Georgia in the SEC championship, how do you keep the SEC champ out of the college football playoffs? The SEC that has owned the college championship trophy for how many years now? So I don't, I don't, I don't think that's uh, – there is a scenario. But, again – the other things happen. You know how this works. Something else. Something's got to happen. Texas got to lose. Uh, yeah. Oregon's got to lose. Ohio State's got to lose. You know. Clemson with Florida State's got to lose. That's another one. You know. And they beat LSU. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of scenarios out there. But is it likely? Yeah, it's likely. But it really depends on how good Georgia is. Because if Georgia just steamrolls somebody in the SEC championship, no one lost teams good in the end. Yep. How about Caleb on Twitter? Can the Razorbacks get back on track and win two out of the next four? And who, here's their next four. A&M and Arlington, of course. Mm-hmm. At Ole Miss, which has got LSU this week. Mm-hmm. At Alabama. And then Mississippi State at home. Can they win two out of the four? Yeah. Well, I absolutely think they can. This is the, the This week – will dictate if that's yeah. possible. Yeah. I, I know it's crazy, but this this is not supposed to be a blowout. This is supposed to be a one one score game. Um which Arkansas historically has not been too good at, but and it's definitely in this series. But if they get this one, you're telling me Ole Miss isn't winnable? You're telling me Alabama right now isn't winnable? Especially especially because weak strength strength on strength. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think obviously Alabama's gonna have success on offense but will they have enough to keep up with kj jefferson so i I think you know that that would be that's gonna be a fun game can't wait to talk about that (laughs) one so but it's possible in mississippi state you know you look at all the games except last week they've you know lackluster performance still lost last week against south carolina so yeah there's an opportunity that they could just catch fire and and we'll have Ty on, and he'll sing a different tune that, that <laughs> week, won't he? <laughs> All right, how about Big Blue Boss on Twitter? I wonder who he's a fan of. Yeah. How, I, he's been very active. <laughs> yeah. How much will Kentucky need to beat Florida by for you two, he's throwing both of us in mm. here, to admit that Kentucky is for real? Just for win. One point, yeah. Yeah, just win. Just That's it. I mean, I get it. People get angry because we're like 4-0, eh, you know, but if you're not big blue boss, you beat Ball State, yeah. you beat Eastern Kentucky, you beat Akron, and you beat Vanderbilt. Let's, let's remove the Kentucky from that. If Tennessee beat Ball State, East Kentucky, Akron, and Vanderbilt, 
You think Big Blue Boss would be like, them Vols are legit. <laughs> no, no, he'd be like, they ain't played a damn. <laughs> Wait till they meet them Kentucky Wildcats. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think you got to take your Big Blue sh- shades off here. Yeah. We have, I don't get where people are like, why you hate Kentucky? We never talk bad about Kentucky. We we no. have got to be no. the number one SEC show that talks <laughs> too good about Kentucky. We're just saying, hey, I don't know if they're any good or not. I think, well, with Kentucky, we're hard on them right. because they are playing Akron. They are playing right. Eastern Kentucky and all these other d- stupid schools. So Vanderbilt was their first test in the SEC, but was it? You know, I think this is this is separation, you right, know, you're right. talking about. This is where we really identify how good or bad Kentucky is. We we gave them a hard time because we were expecting more. I'm expecting blowouts with Akron. Right. I, you know, I don't second half, I want to see guys in there I don't even know who the hell they are, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? That's that's what we want and we just couldn't quite get that and but they're 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 figuring it out, and if they beat Florida Gators, then absolutely one point. I, I'm I'm crowning them as as at that moment the second best team in the East. Yep. Whoever wins that game right now, in my opinion, I don't know about you, Mike, but at this moment, whoever wins that game is going to be number two in the East for me. Yeah. How about John Chavis on Twitter? He asks every week. He he asks great questions. Chief, love that guy. His cousin Shane. Going on a hunger strike until Nico plays. Oh man, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> <laughs> they'd have to play him, right? Yeah, they'd have to. I'd be sitting out. No, I, I, I'm, I'm. You know the whole Nico thing. I kind of wanted to see it last week. Clearly, right. you know, and I'm not saying I didn't see the MRI photo floating around, and I get some warm fuzzies down there. But, but truth be told, it. Hopples with Nico every day, and if he felt like Nico was the guy, I am confident that he would be out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's some reason that he's not. So I've got more faith in my in my coach than I do in the in my my gut in this scenario <laughs> so of of Nico being a better quarterback than I expect. It's the whole greener grass scenario. We'll right. get, we're going to get opportunities to see him, but we can also give him opportunities to grow and become that quarterback one. So until that happens, I'm, I'm, I'm on the Milton train and, and maybe he figures it out this week, you know, <laughs> get my Milton cut back out, you know, I, yeah. I'd love to do that. King King Festy Shane on Twitter. Festy Festy Fest Festy. I don't okay. know. How many miles will cousin Shane oh, walk if South Carolina beats Tennessee? Zero. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> I ain't walking no more. <laughs> no, I am. I have been trying to walk. And in fact, uh, working with a good good buddy. Uh, he's going to be kind of coaching me along here and, and get me back in back in form. I guess you would say yeah. and. And uh, so I will be walking. I just ain't going to be walking because of a bet. And sure as <laughs> hell ain't going to be doing 13 miles. Yeah. So that when you do something like that and you're not used to doing it, mm-hmm. you're, you're out there, you're thinking about it. And it was torture, man. Especially, I, can, I can't. I can't explain the last two miles. I can't explain the last half mile. The half mile was harder than the 12 and a half before, believe it or not. I just thought, really? I, I never thought I, you know, that 
that rider's block they say or mm-hmm. whatever. I, I couldn't. It was all I could do, get right foot, left. I mean, I was just telling that foot to go, telling this foot to go, trying not to look at my watch and figure out how much more time <laughs> I've got left. But it's it was brutal. And and I so I had plenty of six hours to convince myself to never make a stupid bet like that again. So thank God they didn't lose by 19. Fuck. It was, a, it was, a, we almost had it. I don't know if I could have done it, man. I, I don't think I could. I really, I don't, I'm still to this day surprised I got 13 in, you know? And then the number one question, several people asked it. So I'll just yeah. lump them all in together. Where is Cousin Shane's weekend update? Yeah, yeah. Cousin Shane fumbled this one, fumbled this one. I'm still working. I, I work outside of the pod. Unfortunately, I can't do this 100% of the time, and we're working there. And you guys can help. Just, I mean, we got sponsors. Take yep. advantage of them. Get on game time. Buy a cup, a damn cup that you're going to drink out of anyway. Mm-hmm. Te- so you're supporting your team more than us. When you buy that cup and, you know, put promo code SEC, you get some money off of it. It helps us. Yep. Uh, my Prize, bookie. My bookie. My bookie. Get on there. I, that's the that's the one. I Forget me finally getting one right last week, Mike. I got it by half a point. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it wasn't like I just blew the doors off this thing. <laughs> but up to that point, I am one and eight or something like that. Yep. If you just fade me. At this point, yeah, you would have lost last week, but you would have won eight <laughs> times before then. You'd be fine. Throw a hundred dollars in there; yep. they give you fifty, yep. and then play that with that free money at the end of the year. Cash out, but you helped the pod. You had some fun. You put a little money on the game. Yep. Promo code on that one's that SEC. Yep. That's at my bookie. It's a legit website. I don't know. That's I, I get it. They don't have an app. So who cares? Get on the website. Get on your phone. It it looks like an app. I don't know. Every time I get on there, it looks like an app. As if I'm watching my account grow from last week, that was <laughs> nice. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's what we're doing. We're we're independent. We're we don't have a ESPN budget. We don't have a Fox News budget, or you know, none of those guys. We're doing it ourselves. But the reason we want to do it that way, Mike, is so that we can be independent. We can say what we think. You know, we can drink beer. We can say cuss words. We can, yeah. you know, we can just be on a us. Mike and Shane budget. Yeah, yeah. Man. <laughs> Do you not hear the noise? I'm literally getting gutters right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I mean, man, I'm, I'm a baller on a budget. So, but there'll be a day, and and hopefully sooner than later, I can do this full time. And uh, but when I do have free time, I'm a scenario. I just want you guys to see, uh, and not that you care. But maybe, maybe somebody cares. But I work. I work 40 hours a week, okay? And then I, I come over here. We we do a podcast. There's prep work. Mike does most of that stuff, almost all of it. You know, he gets it set up for me. He's, uh, we're talking notes and stuff like that. We get on here. I do a show. And then I run to my daughter's softball game. Or then, I you know, spend a little time with the wife. We go out to eat or whatever. It's like I, during college football season, this is my life. and And I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't do it if I didn't love. You know, truth be told, I do it just to hang out with Mike. Sometimes, you know, like we had really no relationship before before we started this venture, you know. But now he's he's like a brother to me. So you know, I, I said it. I appreciate everybody, all the support that we get. I do it because you guys need it. You need you love it, and uh, and if it's an hour of entertainment, I can provide somebody and put a smile on their face. I'll do it. Yeah. So well said, Shane. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea 
your go-to game beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and picks a flavorful punch, 5% alcohol, and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite SEC team. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love of college football. Keep it twisted. You're a lot more positive than our buddy Ty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Let's yeah. get over to our interview, Ty Richardson, to preview this big Arkansas A&M game. So we're pleased to be joined by one of our favorites, and not only one of our favorites, but our favorite time of the year because it's Arkansas, it's Texas A&M. That means we got to have Ty Richardson hit that line, ESPN, Arkansas, on the show. What's up, buddy? Hey, Mike. It's been a while, man. It's good to catch up. Like you said, it's a big week. I can't wait to get my heart broken again and get ripped <laughs> by A&M fans in my mentions. I look forward to it every year, and I'm just setting myself up once again. Right, and hey, I didn't prepare you for this, so maybe this can't make the cut, but your buddy, he's Chandler Carson. He said, "Be sure to ask Ty what he texted me this morning about the game." Can you can you share? And you could be as X-rated here as you would like to be. Yeah, I just texted him. I said, "If we lose this game close again, I may off myself. I, I don't know if I can go through another. And you can put that on the channel or not. I don't really care. But I don't know if I can go through another painful loss like this ever. I can, Mike." I can detail the ending of every single game since 2014. The 2013 game was close. They won by like 12. Johnny Manziel came to Fayetteville. College Station, they ripped us open. But I can tell you everything that happened from 2014 up till last year, every single painful memory that I have, with the exception of 2021, thank you, Traylon Burks and, and company, every other thing has just been agonizing and PTSD-like. For Arkansas fans. Right. And I feel your pain because we we have the same thing with Tennessee, Florida. So I, I'm right there with you. But going into a matchup like this, being the underdog, that's where you want to be. You don't want to be favored in a game that you you've not been able to to beat. So we'll get into that in just a second. But what's the latest? Anything you're hearing on Rocket Sanders? Do you think he's going to play in this game? Well, if you read Different articles, whether it's Hog Sports, Whole Hog Sports, Hogbeat, whatever, some of the local media outlets here, it sounds like Rockets doing a lot more this week in the course of the first two days, especially Tuesday, than he was at any week prior. Plus, Pittman's comments lead me to believe that he's going to play on Saturday. Now, I don't think he's going to start. I don't necessarily think he's going to be the impact player we've seen in previous weeks, but even a couple plays, as long as he feels like he's good to go, could definitely have an impact on this game. Mike, I think he ultimately suits up on Saturday. Yeah. Well, obviously, if Arkansas wins, it's going to be because KJ has a great performance. I I put him number one in the quarterback rankings before the season, and, and mm -hmm. that's a projection of what I thought the season would be. And not that he's been bad by any means, but I don't think he's quite lived up to the number one spot yet, although he kind of caught fire against LSU. Do you think that he is now more comfortable in Dan Eno's system and, and, and everything? Because that's kind of what I saw in that LSU game. And if we get that, KJ, for the rest of the year, he will be number one. What's your thoughts on KJ so far and, and if he can continue that against A&M? 
My couple things there. One, he went up against the best quarterback in the SEC and Jaden Daniels. I put Jaden ahead of KJ, and I didn't want to be right, but I think I was proved right this past Saturday night. I mean, Daniels was terrific in that second half. Arkansas had no business stopping him. KJ has started to find some chemistry with Luke Haz, their freshman All-American tight end. At least that is what I think he's going to be. Tyrone Broden, the transfer from Bowling Green, was inserted into the starting lineup over Jaden Wilson. They moved uh, Isaac Tesla to the slot, kept Andrew Armstrong where he is. So they've started to develop some uh, idiosyncrasy there. And the rushing attack was made LSU vulnerable at points, not just KJ running, but Rashad DeBinion and other guys during the course of that game. So it was very balanced on Saturday night. I mean, LSU really didn't stop them. Arkansas stopped themselves in the red zone. And the Tigers, especially in the passing game, didn't have many answers for KJ Jefferson. What I'm hoping is like you're saying, that parlays into the final regular season, eight games remaining, and potentially a postseason appearance as well. Because I just don't think he has the same weapons that Daniels has, which might make Daniels a little better. But KJ is going to be a factor in every single game he plays this fall. And there's not many quarterbacks, if any other quarterback the rest of the way, that are going to be better than him. Yeah, and to your point, one advantage that Jane Daniels has is a much better offensive line. So yep. I, that's what I wanted to ask you next about the offensive line for the Razorbacks. What's the deal? I mean, we all know Sam Pittman, the best offensive line coach in the country before he got that head job. Is is Cody Kennedy the problem? Is injuries? What, what What's the deal? Why is it that Arkansas is struggling up front? And I mean, they had – I mean, they, they literally had the ball as close as you could physically have to the end zone against LSU. And I know LSU's a good team, but you got to be able to punch those in. They punched those in early. That They may have won that game. So what's your thoughts on why the offensive line is struggling so much? And, Mike, it's a fair question. And it's one that Pittman's been frustrated with because he knows that's supposed to be his expertise. And I don't blame him for being mad when the question's asked. I would be frustrated if our radio was – question because of the lack of content or the the foul content or whatever or the podcast whatever the case may be same with you so because you take pride in yours i take pride in mine he takes pride in his football team but particularly on the offensive line they lost ricky stromberg he is a washington commander he lost alden wagner he was a right tackle played a lot of games i think he was on a practice squad at one point luke jones also gone so you had your tackles in your center they moved limber over to center who's a preseason SEC guy. You got Latham right next to him, and then Joshua Braun, the transfer from Florida. It's taken Braun a little bit, but they had a pretty solid game up the middle, especially going against Mason Smith and Mikhail Wingo. And then you look at the two tackles, Andrew Shamley, kid from Maumelle, Arkansas, and then Patrick Kudis, who's been the Memphis guy. Uh, he went to Christian Brothers in Memphis. Young le- left and right tackle. And so there's some areas where you think you can exploit. They're able to do that. The guy that was projected to start is probably going to start if he ever gets healthy is Devin Manuel, the Louisiana kid who played against LSU but still didn't start. Still, he's going gutting through some injuries out. They just haven't necessarily adapted as quick as maybe Cody Kinney and Sam Pittman once. When you pile that up with a new offensive coordinator, new schemes, new phrases, new vernacular, it just doesn't necessarily necessitate to being a great start. But I'll say this about them. I know they had the six false starts, and I think the holding penalty combined between the offensive line and the tight ends, but they they made a push. I mean, LSU was getting knocked off the ball several times. There were some third and one situations. I know the red zone, again, due to penalties and just mental mistakes, but 
it, you have to like balance the penalties and mental mistakes, but the fact that they may have had their best game all season. So it's somewhere in between. They got to play go against a good against AM. AM has some pass rushers, guys that can get in the backfield. I don't know if we should expect a Miami Florida debacle where Arkansas is just passing all over them, but you would like to build off what you did in Baton Rouge last week, Mike. Yeah, and so far, well, until last week, I mean, the the, the defense was kind of the story of the, the season for the Razorbacks. They a tremendous turnaround. They're first in forcing turnovers, but they've been giving up big plays. Mm-hmm. BYU stands out, and obviously last week against LSU, they they stopped them the first three possessions, and then I don't believe they stopped them a single time after that last week in Tiger Stadium. Was the defense exposed in that game last week, or do you think that's more of going back to what you said, Jane Daniels, best quarterback in the SEC, in your opinion, two outstanding receivers, and they just they just got the better of them that day? Yeah, it's – I mean, when you combine Malik Neighbors and is it is it Brian Thomas or Brian Robinson? It's Brian Thomas Brian Jr. Thomas. Right? Yeah, Brian Thomas Jr. I mean, that's maybe the best one-two punch. But now you have to play Anaya Smith and Evan Stewart, which Bobby Petrino is going to get them in situations. And this is a factor to watch on Saturday. I think they're going to either start or play significantly Jalen Braxton, who's a true freshman from Frisco, Texas. I mean, right down the road from AT&T Stadium. And I'm curious how he responds, not just to the talent that he's facing. And I know he's played in that stadium before. Mike, it's one thing to play in that, that stadium in front of 10,000. It's another thing to play in front of 60,000. So that's an area of the game that I'm really intrigued to watch. They had the worst passing defense in all of college football this past year. They looked good through the first two games. Still have a, a solid rush defense. Got gashed a little bit in the LSU game, but you got to be able to stop the run against Texas A&M. They have a a two-headed monster, it looks like. If you can put Max Johnson into third and long situations, he has escape ability. you got to watch for that, but at least gives you a chance. They're also going to get Malik Chavez back, it looks like, which is good for this secondary unit, but it starts with up front. The reason they were successful in the first half, Mike, against LSU, they got pressure to Daniels. They were getting to him. Second half, there was no pressure. Dimbrock, LSU's OC, did a great job and really countered everything that Travis Williams was trying to try. We know Bobby Petrino makes great second-half adjustments. Travis Williams, Arkansas, D.C., has to counter those at some point, or it could be a bloodbath for his defense in the second half. Well, it's funny you mentioned AT&T Stadium. I mean, to my knowledge, this is the final year of the contract. One more really- after this. One more. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, God, this, will this never end? Because I've heard yeah. media people from Arkansas say, hey, I'm never going to that damn stadium again. I can only imagine how the fans feel about it. Um, we got to end this, right? Yeah, it's going to end. I mean, Ross Bjork has been very open. We want to play in Kyle Field. We just renovated. He spent umpteen million dollars. Hunter Yurchek has to be a little more guarded because of who owns the stadium and who owns that team, being Jerry Jones. Um, my guess is once the contract ends, they'll go home and home, and they will try and play in that stadium once in the next six years or so, try and find a, a Baylor, a Texas Tech, an Oklahoma State, a Nebraska, kind of a regionally-based team that wants to get into Dallas and recruit. But as far as playing in that stadium every year, I don't see Ar- Arkansas doing it. I also see the game in War Memorial Stadium, the other neutral site game that Arkansas plays at Little Rock, I see that most likely discontinuing, but politics could get involved, and that's going to be very intriguing if that ends up playing out like it may have done the last time that contract was signed. Mm-hmm. 
So what scares you more? Like Freddy Krueger, Jason, or Texas A&M? Probably A&M, man. And <laughs> people ask me all the time, because, I mean, you're an Arkansas kid, you're supposed to hate Texas, right? And I don't <laughs> like burnt orange, but they ask me, why do you hate Texas? It's because it's we keep losing the Aggies every stinking year. And the Aggie L is embarrassing. Their colors are horrific. The fact that they just have male cheerleaders, frankly, is sexist, if I'm going to be quite honest. But those are just kind of like, those aren't the big thing. The big thing is they just keep winning. Now, the older fans, the older Arkansas fans look at A&M as not just a little brother, but like a distant cousin, because Arkansas used to kick their ass consistently. The, the, the win totals aren't even close, and Arkansas still has a pretty wide margin. But if they keep losing like this, not only are you losing out recruits because – AM's coach, if the kids decide between Arkansas and AM, it's like we beat these guys 10 out of 11 years. Why do you want to go there amongst various other things? More money. There's other things Arkansas would have to overcome in that. You have to give yourself an advantage when recruiting not just Texas AM, now Texas, Oklahoma with them entering the league. This, this is something Greg McElroy has spoken to, and he's 100% dead on. Texas AM coming to the league has hurt Arkansas tremendously since they joined in 2012. Now, since that time, Arkansas, to my knowledge, has had two winning seasons in the Southeastern Conference. I believe the only ones are 2015 when they went 5-3, and 8-5 and five overall. And then the other season was during Sam Pittman's second year where they went 9-4. and four. They were either 4-4 four and four or 5-3. and three. But that's horrific. That's a decade of um, just mediocrity. And that's one of the many reasons, not great head coaches, but that has added to Arkansas's a lack of winning, Mike, and it's not going to get any easier with Oklahoma and Texas entering the league starting next year. Yeah. And how big is this game tied to having – because I, I don't see any path to Arkansas having a, a really good to great season if they don't win on Saturday. Would you agree with that? 100%. I and mean, this is your meal ticket. Go eat it. This isn't a great Texas A&M team. It really is never going to be under Jimbo Fisher, I don't believe. Maybe he's – Strikes lightning in a bottle. I know they had that really good team in for in the COVID year where they narrowly lost to Alabama. But mm-hmm. you pointed out that wasn't even his quarterback. Kellen Mond was already either he was brought in as a transfer or already on campus. I'm forgetting when Jimbo arrived. And I again losing out on Carter Wigman stinks. And I really do feel bad for the AM fan base from that perspective. Cause if there's anyone that knows about injuries affecting Arkansas or affecting college football teams, it's Arkansas fans. But, I mean, you've got to find a way to give this tank game to your original question. And if you're an Arkansas fan, I don't know how you can be 100% confident that you're going to do that based on the track record against these guys. Doesn't matter who's the coach. Doesn't matter the players on either side of the ball. You just always seem to blow it at the tail end of the game. And I'm going to be ugh, uh, not well, with the opposite of cloud nine if they somehow, some way, uh, choke this game away again. Well, you sound pretty optimistic. So tell me, who yeah. you got winning the football game? I mean, I honestly, I I have a And M winning. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen during the course of the game. It's about six, six and a half point spread, depending on what service you go to. I don't know how you can be confident as an Arkansas fan, despite even playing well against LSU on the road. To me, it's it's just so hard to overcome a losing record. As a fan, not, I'm not necessarily looking from the player's vantage point, but the fan. And so I'm supposed to be an unbiased observer. I'm not, as you can see by what I'm donning right now. But I, I've i got the Aggies winning, and 
myself contemplating on driving into a ditch on the way back from Dallas to Arkansas. We'll see if that ends up coming to fruition or not. I hate this. I hate this weekend. I hate this game so much, and I put myself through it every single year. Yeah. Well, we got a call in line, so maybe after the game, if uh, if things go – well, either if they go positive or negative, we would love to have a call in from Ty Richardson. Before you go – uh, thoughts and prayers. We'll we'll hope that in case they if they fall, we'll be praying for you, Ty. But uh, before you go, can you tell the audience where can they find you? Yeah, uh, Mike. I always appreciate how you do this for all your guests. It's at Ty Sports Radio on X. I got to get used to saying that. Uh, the Morning Rush airs every week from six to nine a.m. weekdays on ESPN Arkansas and HitThatLine.com. So we'll see how Monday show and the the post game show goes after. 11 o'clock. I guess the game will probably get done about 2.30. So you'll see if I'm in a foul mood or a, a jovial mood about 2.30 on Saturday, Mike. Hopefully me and Shane will be smiling together. Is there is there a better smile after a win than Cousin Shane? I mean, my gosh, my brother who loves you guys, he is – anytime like Shane posts anything where he's smiling, he's like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. So hopefully we'll have the you guys on Saturday night against the Cox, us against the Aggies. Hopefully we'll be – in a joyous mood on Saturday rather than the the opposite of that, Mike. Absolutely. Thank you so much, man. We'll uh well can't wait to have you back on. You got it. Go hogs. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, boy. I mean, when you listen to Ty Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna get killed if, according to Ty. Not to us, but according to Ty. Come on, Ty. I get it, man. I, I compared it though to the Tennessee Florida. Yeah. You know, that's his Florida. Yeah. That's the that's the one he just can't he can't will himself to his team winning, you know? And they know it. Texas A&M knows it. They're confident. They're cocky. <laughs> and they know it. They know they're going to win. They don't care if it's in Jerry's world. They don't care if it's a college station. Yeah. You know, it, it's so funny listening to these coaches. I heard Jimbo earlier this week, mm-hmm. and he was talking about it. He goes, you know, a lot of the kids that are on our on our team come from this area, and they watch the Cowboys. And, you know, so it's like a dream for them to go in there in Jerry's world, you know? Arkansas – it's the total opposite. They may be even from there, you know what I'm saying? But they hate that damn place. So uh, it's the last time we got to watch it, right? Uh, uh, well, Ty says two more. No. I was wrong about that. Yeah. Well, it'd be nice to close out with two wins, though. <laughs> yeah. So Arkansas, Ty, hang in there. This Vegas is never wrong, but sometimes they're wrong. It's going to be a close game. Yeah. It's going to be a close game. and It always this, is down there. It could be your year. It could be your Yep. But not according to David Nuno. <laughs> Let's kick it over. Because they never lose to Arkansas. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're pleased to be joined by one of the best in the SEC landscape, none other than David Nuno over there at TexAgs. He's the director for broadcast media. David, thank you so much for, for joining the show. Michael, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's uh, Your show is must-watch television and much-watch media, if, if you will. Uh, everybody who follows the SEC in college football is very aware of what you're doing over here. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And it was funny because you had me on Texags this week. So go go check it out if you if you haven't seen that yet. But uh, you know, I thought it was kind of funny. You were like, you were doing TV before, right? And I'm like, no, I'm just some Yahoo that uh that somehow I've built this into something, but I'm glad I can fool people to think I have that kind of background. Well, you know what it is, is you were telling me your resume. I'm like, dude, you've worked everywhere. So, like, uh, you, you've you done great work, man. So I uh, I am happy to be on your show, and uh, I know we try to do it during SEC Media Day. It's happy to do it now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I know today, obviously, 
Uh, a sad day there in College Station, so I got to lead with this. We had breaking news, and it's been since confirmed by uh, Billy Lucci. Of course, everybody knows who that is over there at Texags, but Connor Wigman, injury, a lot more significant than originally thought. And uh, by all accounts, he, his season is done. Uh, thoughts on, on just that terrible news there? Devastating, honestly, um, but not surprising. And and I don't mean that because it's Texas A&M and we have uh, battered Aggie syndrome. It's more because we have seen this the last few years with Texas A&M. Uh, outside of Kellen Mond, you look at the last you know host of A&M starting quarterbacks, they've all gotten hurt. Uh, you know, we since my time at Texas Ags in 2021, I went to A&M, so I've, I've experienced a lot of this. But I, I joined Texas Ags in 2021. Haynes King named your starter. He goes down in game two against Colorado that season. Could have been a, a more special year, um, depending on what you thought about Haynes afterwards. But he goes down. Zach Calzada has to start the rest of the way. Plays great against Alabama. But uh, honestly, probably wouldn't have finished the season had they had other quarterbacks on the roster because he got banged up as well. He goes down. Last year, Haynes King starts. Uh, they bench him after the App State game. Max Johnson comes in, plays really well. What happens? He breaks. You know, he gets a fracture. So we move on, and and it just becomes this continued story. Haynes comes in last year again and gets banged up. You know, and then you've got Connor Wigman coming in, and then this year Connor Wigman plays admirably. I mean, he played awesome. Like a guy that had he continued down that trajectory, maybe would have been in, in the conversation for some of those big awards we talk about. And he goes down. So this has become commonplace, unfortunately, for Texas A&M losing the quarterbacks, but. As Max Johnson said a, a long time ago, and he said it during his presser on Saturday, he never thought about transferring. He thought he was a QB1 material. He is QB1 material. You look throughout the uh, SEC, he'd be starting at a hand uh, at a host of places and some national powers as well. Uh, look, it's not an ideal scenario to ever lose your QB1, but you have a QB1 level guy ready to go. And uh, I think Max can, can do an admirable job. I don't know if it changes the trajectory of the season, uh, because teams are going to start coming after him differently than they were planning for Connor. I think you win a lot of games because of Connor Wigman, and you can win games with Max Johnson as well. Does it change anything specifically just for this weekend, do you think? Uh, Max Johnson going up against Arkansas, he played so well against them last season. Um, and and I, have to, I have to believe, I don't know, you would know a lot better than I, but I, I would assume they, they were probably preparing for Max Johnson to to start and play this entire game the all, all way through. So I don't know if it changes anything, but what's your thoughts on that? My thing, I think it changes the way you attack A&M a little bit because we do know that one of the things that has gotten Arkansas this year is running quarterbacks, right? And I would not put Max in the running quarterback department, but I would say he can run, right? He, uh, he ran well against Arkansas last year at Jerry World, and uh, he ran a little bit this past weekend. So he can run, but he's not that kind of guy. What he can do, though, is uh, is throw it over the top and maybe throws a prettier ball over the top than Connor Webman, to be honest with you. That's an area where Arkansas has struggled, A&M has as, as well. I, I recognize the secondary has been a problem. Uh, they didn't have to face any fire against Auburn, but we saw what Miami was able to do. So that's that's an area that I think uh, they'll be open up. They're going to probably go deep. And if Arkansas uh, you know, takes the the playbook out of, uh, out of the uh, Miami game, they're going to take away those deep shots and force AM to throw over the middle. If they have a healthy uh, crew of wide receivers, Evan Stewart, Noah Thomas, who's missed a couple of games, Jaday Walker, Moose Muhammad, and of course the emergence of Jake Johnson, Max's brother at tight end, um, they'll be able to throw over the middle. But if not, it, it could be a problem. What's your confidence level that uh, that Miami performance, specifically by the defense, that, that that was just an outlier? Because the defense, 
looked phenomenal last weekend against Auburn. They were harassing those quarterbacks. What was it? I, I, I may have these numbers wrong, but I believe it was seven sacks, 15 mm-hmm. tackles for loss. I mean, that's just – that's otherworldly in a conference game. Uh, and Auburn, I mean, there were plays to be made by those quarterbacks. They simply weren't making them. I think that's more of a, a credit to the, to the Aggies and their front seven getting after them and harassing them all day. What's your confidence level that uh, D.J. Durkin turned this defense around and, and they're, we won't see another Miami-level performance? I'm not there yet, uh, and I'm not saying that they're not going to be better than they were against Miami because I think a lot of the issues that you saw in Miami were tackling, like the yards after catch. What was it, 200-something yards, yards after catch? Like, it does, that can't happen. They were out of position. They were trying to arm tackle. It was just a poor display of tackling. But outside of the Auburn game, A&M has not shown an ability to cause chaos in the backfield getting to the quarterbacks. They had six sacks going into that game, a couple against Tyler Van Dyke, uh, but – they hadn't done that. And then against Auburn, who had a horrendous offense, and really they, they threw the, t- the ball five times in the second half, uh, that showed up. And I hadn't seen that from a DJ Durkin defense because last year we didn't see it either. This team has also not forced a lot of turnovers. So my confidence level is not super elite. Now, I do have a lot of confidence in the defensive line being able to stop the run, even if Rocket Sanders comes back. He is awesome. And, of course, he'll be healthy for that game because that's just the way it goes. But I think the AM defense has done a much better job at stopping runs, uh, and I think we'll see that. Can they get to the quarterback? Absolutely. K.J. Jefferson's gone down eight times the last two games, so they can get to the quarterback. I just need more data points, to be honest with you, to be fully bought in that this defense has turned that corner. But to me, it's kind of like the LSU game was for AM last year offensively, you know, with Devon, who's no longer there, doing huge things for the Dolphins. It showed you what this team can be. I think that game is a reflection of when things are, are on point and DJ Durkin does get aggressive, something we haven't seen a lot of, they can certainly cause a lot of chaos. What I worry about is both happening, being able to attack quarterbacks. And what does that mean for the back end? Can the back end cover long enough and make the tackles? Do you think that uh, as someone that Arkansas fans know all about, Bobby Petrino, do you think he's getting enough respect nationally because, hey, everybody made the jokes, you know, they mocked it relentlessly. What in the world is Jimbo doing? They're going to be at each other's throats. Will Jimbo even be the coach by AM? Because Bobby's going to backstab him and steal the job. There's been none of that. Not, not only has there been none of that, but the offense has gone from a, a weakness or underperforming, to put it kindly, to one of the best in the SEC. Is Bobby Petrino getting enough credit for the impact that he's had on that program? Uh, I think he's getting a lot of credit, but I think the credit goes first to Connor, right? Because Connor was on all these national shows where people were talking about. Jordan Rogers was talking about him on, on SEC Nation. A lot of guys have been ta- focusing on Connor, which to me is a direct reflection of Bobby Petrino. So maybe his name is not being thrown out there uh, as much as maybe we'd like to see, but it's about to be because, again, what you saw Max Johnson do in the second half against Auburn, and again, that game should have been a blowout at the half, but it wasn't. The AM offense was not clicking. Connor Wigman was not on. But we've seen this now two different times from a Bobby Petrino AM team. At the half, there should be more points. AM did not score a lot of points in the first half. They really struggled to move the ball against Miami. At the half, they made adjustments and they moved the ball left and right. They just couldn't stop anybody. Auburn, same story. They're up six to three. Auburn's got a chance to take the lead. The defense forces the three and out. What do they do? They go down and score with Jake Johnson. What do they do after that? They go on and they throw over the top to Evans, who scores a touchdown. So 
Uh, what I have been most impressed by from Bobby Petrino is his halftime adjustments. Uh, I asked Jimbo about it this week. He said it's not really halftime adjustments. It's maybe showing these players what's actually there that they may not be seeing. Whatever they want to call it, it's working at the half. Uh, and I think just like all these SEC games, you're going to have to see a lot of that against Arkansas because these games come down to the wire. Uh, there's no doubt about it this series, but just the series in general in the SEC. So what Bobby Petrino does at the half against Arkansas, to me, will be key. And if Max Johnson throws for 300, three touchdowns, I think you'll be hearing a lot about Bobby Petrino. Now, A&M has completely owned this series. It, uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this because Arkansas fans, they're done with Jerry World. They, they don't ever want to play in Arlington again. It's a house of horrors for them. Uh, I'm just curious, what, what about the A&M fans? Are, would they like to see this game uh, return to Kyle Field, or, or are, are they happy with the status quo? I think there's a little bit of both, but more back to campus. Um, yeah. And the reason I said a little bit of both, it, it is kind of cool to go to the Metroplex. And, and look, it, it, it doesn't have the same luster of Texas OU. We recognize that. But it is cool to go there and play in that environment. But I've never been to Fayetteville. I want to go. I know what that environment can do. I saw what it did to the University of Texas a couple of years ago and really derailed their entire season after that point. Uh, I'm excited about that atmosphere because I love SEC passion and, and the students being on campus and what that can do. And I think most A&M fans are ready for that. That being said, Jimbo actually talked about that this week. You know, I think for programs that, especially with the expanded playoffs, to play in that environment, the neutral site, big stadium, big dome area things is a good thing. Maybe not an SEC play, but I think maybe in some non-conference games, that is very good to prepare you for that environment because it is different than going to campus. All that being said, I think most Aggie fans are ready for it to move to Kyle Field, and we'll see it here in a couple of years. So uh, last week, KJ seemed to be getting a lot more comfortable in Dan Eno's system. He, I thought he had his best game uh, against LSU at night, shootout-style game. Uh, what's your thoughts on the matchup and who wins it, A&M, Arkansas, in Arlington? I'm leaning more towards A&M. And, look, I, 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 that's not a shot at Arkansas. This is what worries me more than anything about Arkansas, is that, A, they have tinkered with the offense to do what KJ likes to do more, right? So we're seeing more of that, and more of that means more uh, offensive output for Arkansas, and I already told you about the AM secondary. So there's that. Rocket Sanders coming back. The most important thing that I think is happening for Arkansas is I'm not saying that they're playing for their season, but it kind of feels like they're playing for their season. They lost to BYU. They lost this past weekend to LSU. And now what, right? So, like, if they lose three in a row, what does that mean to them and Sam Pittman long term? Um, there's a lot of still football to be played for both of these programs. But I feel like A&M, can they, can they battle back from a loss to Arkansas with their backup quarterback, Max Johnson? Sure, but it, it's still not going to be the season everybody envisioned. I think you lose three in a row and still what's ahead for Arkansas, it could be very dangerous. I'm leaning more towards AM because, let's face it, if not now, when, right? Like, uh, th this series the last couple of years has come down to the wire. I know, I, to be honest with you, two years ago, Arkansas kicked AM's butt. But AM was able to stick around long enough. You know, Zach Calzada, that offense did not move the ball at all. Uh, it, and it was what it was a 17 0 within the first quarter, first quarter and a half. And AM did make it a game, got it down to 17 10 with an offense that wasn't moving. Uh, and then Arkansas was able to, to knock it out. But last year, the worst AM team we've seen in forever. 
You could say that Arkansas gave that game to AM, and they certainly did. Uh, the touchdown from KJ, the show, well, excuse me, the fumble from KJ that turned out to be a, the Monty Richardson touchdown. And of course, they missed the field goal with a chance to win. Let's not forget, AM missed the field goal right before that as well. But if that was the worst AM team that we've seen in years and they were able to win, I tend to think that the talent is going to be superior to AM and they should be able to. But again, I am such a KJ Jefferson believer. I'm a Sam Pittman believer. But if that offensive line doesn't take another big step, uh, AM's defense might be able to feast. But of course, Rockets coming back, the offensive line will magically gel and it will be a shootout and we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, I, I can't thank you enough to uh, coming on the show, previewing what uh, Brent Zerneman has once called on this show the David Nuno SEC Mike Bowl. So uh, before you go, <laughs> Can you tell the tell my audience where can they find you and where can they follow all your work over at Texags? Yeah, so I, I'm at Texags.com, um, the uh, director of broadcast uh, media for what we do. So I host the show Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. I also host another show we, we do called Up to the Second College Football that Mike is going to be featured. That drops Wednesday afternoon. So, um, yeah, look, it's and, and on Twitter, David Nuno, on Instagram, David Nuno TV. I am so privileged to do this for a living. I did local television for a long time in Houston, and I got to go to my alma mater and talk SEC football where it matters. You know, it says it just means more. Trust me, I've covered NFL teams. I've traveled with NFL teams. I've gone around with the World Series. That matters, but there's nothing like SEC football. So I appreciate you giving me a chance to, to be on your show and talk a little bit. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Man. All right, so great stuff from David and Ty. Thank you both so much for joining the show. Uh, man, that, they got me fired up for this one. Oh, I love it, man. I can't wait. It's we got so many great games. This one's one of, I mean, separation. I could have picked any of the games <laughs> to do the saying. interviews, you know? We could have done Kentucky, uh, Florida. Don't worry. Those guys are going to get their shots. Yeah. Um, who's the other good one that's going on? Um, South Carolina, South Carolina Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, obviously. LSU Ole Miss. Oh, man. So much, man. so much good football. And there is going to be a little separation this weekend. So... The, you, I'm not saying everything's on the line, but it almost feels like it is for these guys, right. you know, because we've all had those, those, you know, rainbows and butterfly ideas of what our program can be. Right. But then the cold, dark reality, the Grim Reaper <laughs> is coming to your campus Saturday. So let's just see how it plays out. But I, I'm, I'm going to be soaking up every second of it. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, buddy, I appreciate you. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.